When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. Yo, this your boy Tony B, and I just jumped off the porch of Dirty Glove Bastard. Bow! Get off my porch! Alright, so we got Tony B off the porch with us today. Yes, sir. How you feeling today, man? Man, good. Blessed. Yeah. Now, I appreciate you coming by today, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, so let's take it back, man. What was it like growing up in Athens, Georgia for you? Um, it's considered the country town, so <laughs> you got UGA. You know, they, they mainly focus more on UGA, but and the, the students call us locals. Oh, really? So, yeah, that didn't really never sit well with me, but I mean, it was pretty cool. You know, everybody knew everybody. I mean, you have your problems just like any other small town. Yeah. Has the city changed much over the years? It's pretty much still the same. Uh, they're trying to gentrify it right now. Really? Yeah, and that's, that's not good. It's like going up on rent and people in low-income apartments, they're trying to move them out or uh, demolish everything they got going on with the old ones and rebuild them. So it's kind of, it's a big thing going on about that right now. Okay. All right, man. So how'd you get started off as a club promoter? Um, I went to school and I went to college in Augusta. And um, when I went to college in Augusta, I would come home every weekend. But every time I would come home, I would like, come back to Adam, I'm like, man, this shit boring. I was like, man, this is boring. So I'd come home, wash my clothes, party a little bit, and go right back to Augusta the next day because I'd be bored. Hmm. So I hooked up with some locals from Augusta because I was somewhat popular on campus. So I hooked up with some locals that went to Payne College as well. And we just started doing parties. And it's a Methodist. It's a private Methodist college. So we hooked up with some club owners and just started doing parties. Yeah. Yeah. Were you booking artists or was it just straight nah, parties? No, we were just straight parties. Okay. Yeah. We had, we had, like, we had to compete against like eight, nine other 
<laughs> venues. Yeah. So that that right there made my marketing and promotion strong. Okay. You know. So what separated your, you guys' parties from everyone else in the in the Gastelum? I was popping on campus, and they was popping with the locals. And you got to think, we was getting like 12th graders and freshmen, and Augusta is like the second largest city in Georgia, so it was enough younger people and college students, because you had Augusta State, Payne, Augusta Tech, Troy State, all of that around there. So what we would do, we would go to the campuses and just pass out flyers. <laughs> Nowadays, people don't pass out flyers. It's straight social media. <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. online. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when did you start to book some artists? Fast forward, I didn't start booking artists until I came. When I left, I caught a charge, marijuana charge, possession, well, trafficking charge in Augusta. Took first offender, came back home. To, no, I transferred to South Carolina State. Out of state fee was too much. Moved back to Augusta. I was just like, forget it, moved back to Athens in like 2008. And I started uh, doing parties at a club called Safari. And something went wrong with that venue. Well, I had issue with the owner. I found out they was trying to get over on me. So um, a guy called my brother named Philan, he introduced me to these cl this club called The Library, which was downtown Athens. And it just went from there. And so I was like, I was making so much money, like Tuesday, Thursday, I was doing parties Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I was like, let me try to invest in the artists. And that's when I booked, I was frequently booking Young LA and Young Ralph. Okay. And those guys, I built a relationship with those guys and ended up getting free verses from those guys. That's how I started doing music. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I started doing music, because I had built a relationship. And I had booked Young Ralph for his, uh, I think it was a mixtape release party. And I did like a thousand people in a venue that capacity was three, 390. <laughs> and they had started calling the fire marshal on us and everything. And we were like, I had lost money one night. We had Shouty Low come down. And the fire marshal was at the club at 11 o'clock. Oh, wow. So all of these, and they was clicking, clicking, clicking. So I'm like, damn, man, we just spent $15,000 on Shawty Low, and we lost. That was my first loss. And a couple years later, I was Nicki Minaj's first show in Georgia. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's when um, Waka, Mama, Deb, at me, mm -hmm. she was doing the booking for her. Okay. She was managing her, yeah. Yeah. And so now people like... I still got the drop from Nicki Minaj. And I was putting a drop on my mixtape. And people were like, how you know Nicki Minaj? Is this her for real? And me, <laughs> like, I don't have money to put my music out at the time. So what I ended up doing was putting her, her drop on there, like intro by Nicki Minaj, and she shouting me out or whatever and saying Athens. So, hmm, Tony B got Nicki Minaj on this mixtape? Let me go listen to this, let me go listen to this mixtape. That was just a, a gimmick up to get people to listen to it and it worked. Yeah. So. Where did you book her at? Was that in Atlanta or where was no, that? No, that was Athens. That was okay. like 2010. Okay. Um, it was a spot called El Pacino. Yeah. How'd you do that night? Again, I was popping during the parties. I had like a little promotion group. And um, I would ask the girls, like, who do y'all want to see in concert? It was like uh, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I'm like, who? You didn't even know. I'm like, I go Google I'm not listening to her. And I still have the contract. She was $5,500. Oh, wow. And uh, when I booked her, and it's still on, it's on YouTube, the girls were singing her songs. I'm like, how in the hell? I'm in the club every night, and I don't know who she is. <laughs> so 
that was like that was a pretty big pretty good look actually okay so what had inspired you to start making music yourself um when i came back from augusta uh just promoted he really never had no competition so i kind of became he was doing parties at the library so i became competition and ended up getting in the library so he would say little slick stuff via social media okay cool just kept going on kept going on we was going back and forth so uh you know when shawty said uh must be damn it must be two sides and the guy really wasn't a street guy but would put on that persona like he's a street guy so i i had a producer just sampled that shawty low must be two sides and it caught <laughs> and people was like in the club throwing up two i'm like i'm on to something i'm on to something and just kept seeing the people's reaction was one thing, but me hosting these events, I'm hosting all of my parties. So, and I see, I know music and I'm seeing, I can make people dance. I can make people have a good time. So Tony, let's uh, try to do this music thing because I was doing acting. I went to school for theater and mass com. Hmm. And I was in a couple of, I did a couple of voiceovers, uh, sit-ins and I was in the comedy golf movie, Who's Your Caddy? With Big Boy, Phase on Love and Andy mm -hmm. Milanakis. And the speaking role I did have didn't make it. Oh, really? But I still had a, I still was in a couple of scenes in the movie. I got two checks from it. Can't be so mad at that. So that's all that counts. Yeah, I can't yeah. be mad at that. <laughs> so when did you move to Atlanta? 2010. Okay. So what'd you think of Atlanta? Were you already booking shows out here or was that your first time coming? No, when I was in Atlanta, when I moved to Atlanta, I still was going back to Athens to do my events because it's, again less competition in Atlanta the shit was saturated yeah. very saturated so and I don't know nobody I you know it was so hard to get in the clubs and do this stuff and network with people because they already had the people they wanted to work with so I just make that hour ride hour 20 minute ride back to Athens and do my events okay and going back to the the club promoters is there normally a lot of beef between the club promoters or is it more competition and just at first like it wasn't but how I see it when I got to Athens from Augusta. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Certain clubs was just relaxed because they feel like they didn't have any competition. You know, they was just, they was on the road. And I brung that, that drive, those different themes, and now they started like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, we got competition. And again, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I was, I was packing out the library. <laughs> Those are the busiest days too. Yeah, and then like people would get mad, like, oh, Tony B's doing stuff on the same day we doing stuff. Bro, these are the dates the club gave me. And these, I'm not about to not do nothing because you got something going on. You think McDonald's is shutting down because Wendy's is down the street not making no money? It, it's made the best man win. I got, I got mouths to feed. So at the end of the day, you got bills, I got bills. You don't hear me complaining about you doing stuff on the same day, I'm doing stuff. Yeah. So when did you start taking music serious as like being an artist yourself? Um, I did a song called Hey Lady. 
uh, featuring Ben Stevens. And I wrote it because I was coming from Athens to Atlanta doing open mics. And I was like, I'm a big R&B fan. And it's like an R&B song. So I was, uh, we ended up, I went through two people that couldn't really sing it right. So somebody was like, get Ben Stevens. So I got Ben Stevens and he knocked it out in like 30 minutes. <laughs> and t- this, that was like 2009. Okay. And I just now put the song again on the tape and just shot an official video to it this year. <laughs> really? And that's just, that's how big it is. So, um, I had booked Rocco one show and he texted me the next day I was in church. He was like, you know, appreciate y'all booking me, bringing me out there, you know, let me know whatever I can do for you. So um, I texted him back, I'm like, I'm in church. I was like, can you do a listening session with me? You know, just check out my music. I only had like five songs at the time <laughs> because I was still in the streets and doing parties. I really wasn't investing no money in music. So Rocco met me, parked my car, and got his black Hummer, and he was just taking me around and listening to the music. He was like, this Hey Lady song can get you a million dollars. And what people don't know, he was like, just maybe like 2009, 2010, he was like, I'm working with this cat named Future. And this was the time Future was bubbling, but I'm cocky, now I'm in the car with Rocco, and I'm the only, and I'm doing all these parties in Athens, and none of my DJs are playing no Future songs. I'm like, you telling me I got a million dollar song and you working with this, you, you know what I'm saying, you starting to work with this cat named Future. I ain't going for that. Following year, guess who blows up? <laughs> Future. And anytime Rocco would come to Athens, he'll pull up on me. When we book him, he's like, I'm at the mall, you know, getting something to wear. So I meet him at the mall. I never ever in my life sat in the backseat of a Maybach. <laughs> I pulled up to the mall, he's like, you wanna ride with me? I didn't ever ride with him because I had somebody else, I was with somebody else. And so I'm in, in the backseat of a Maybach. I'm like, damn, this is it's crazy. Because anytime Rocco would come to Athens, he would come in a Ferrari, he would come <laughs> in a Maybach. It was some, he was always coming to something expensive. And um, once Rocco, that gave me a, you know, that, that gave me a lot of drive to hear somebody of that status. Like him and young Ralph, like those, my favorite two people as artists in Atlanta, I think that don't get enough credit because yeah. though they're humble and they, they don't mind looking out. Yeah, real shit, man. Um, so who are all the artists you've worked with so far? You mentioned Young L.A. and Young Ralph, right? Yeah, um, as far as like me being an artist or just yeah, cooking? Yeah, as an artist. Yeah. Um, that was, that's it. Just okay. Young Ralph. I don't, I'm not real big on features because they kind of drains artists out especially if some people want to hear some people just want to hear who, who the feature is you know what I'm saying so I'm like I just fall back from there because my songs were doing once I got serious with it all of, you know well, not all of my songs but the songs that I started pushing was doing well without a feature yeah so yeah talk to us about the scrub the ground uh song single that you had oh it's a journey with this record um I was in I was at Spins pizza spot on uh Peter Street and it was like a college night. And it was, the DJ played the original version of Scrub the Ground. Mm-hmm. I walked out of the spins and called three producers. <laughs> Keo with Beat King and Black Academy. Um, two more of the guys. They, they sent me some beats. I'm like, y'all didn't do the sample right. 
y'all didn't do the sample right. So I called this guy named Bizzo, which I knew him from Augusta. And he got placement with Gucci, Rocco, I think uh, Benny Siegel, cause he's from Philly too, so. He sent me the sample. I said, shoot. <laughs> so I take the sample with no verses, just the hook. Went to uh, Peaches of Atlanta. The rough of the roughest strip club. <laughs> so um, DJ B. Easy was in there. I gave him the record. He said, he, was, he actually put the actual instrumental with just the sample hook in rotation. I went, it was like on a Tuesday, I went back on a Friday. He had played it 36 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was like, Tony, I don't know what you're going to put on these verses, but it better not be no BS because <laughs> this record is hard. That was 20. 2017. Okay. So I go lay the verses down. I send it to DJ Hershey. Tony B, I need you to come perform this record. So now it's starting to bubble. I'm getting booked to do team parties, proms, homecomings, uh, pep rallies. Meridian, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Fat Boy Rhymer booked me at Club Tate one in Miami, Florida. I'm like, this is huge, and that's a Florida-based record. Mm -hmm. and, he and people always say, like, if you ever catch in Florida with this record, since it's a Florida-based record, you're going to stay booked down here a lot. So that record just kept me going. But keep in mind, it was a sample record. So my manager, Zeke, my old manager, Zeke, was like, hey, Tony, um, you need to uh, use this as a stepping stone because if their record blow up, they're going to send you a cease and desist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we just kept pushing it. And like, I got, I got smart. So I started, book, I started booking out the club for my own performances. I seen T.I. do that in Augusta. So I booked the club and I performed. So that was like a $7,500 show. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so I got smart. You know, already I went to school for marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to find a way to promote myself. And I'm, I'm already popular during the parties. So um, then, you know, fast forward, just getting booked doing a little stuff, $250, $300 to perform for three minutes. You can't beat that. Yeah. Every time Tennessee play UGA, I'm booked in Knoxville, Tennessee <laughs> because I'm from Georgia and I knew the DJ. So the, the DJ would actually pay me, or get the promoters to pay me to come up and do and perform. And all this is footage is documented, so anybody want to check it out, go to YouTube. Um, so now we shoot, I shot, stemmed over video in Blue Flame. It was cool. Shot another video, it was cool. So I'm about to actually spend some money and shoot a real type hype Williams scrub the ground video. Oh, really? And anytime that record comes on in the club, anytime, the whole club changes. You say, I mean, I tagged in some of the footage. You, like, mm -hmm. I had women taking off clothes, <laughs> like everything. Every time I post a picture, the video of the girl taking off her shirt, could you please take that down? <laughs> and now she's a dancer. Really? <laughs> I run it, right? So um, I feel like that's, that, that's my, that song helped branded me. And you got to think, I've done over 300, 300 performances with that record. Oh, wow. 300. Just imagine if... I get the right machine behind it. it it'll, be, it'll be a wrap. 
Like, it's a, it's a big dance record. I don't care where you at. I got booked to host and perform at a wedding reception a couple of months ago. <laughs> that record, you know, and even though I'm from the street life or whatever, I grew up in the club. So I like to see women. I don't want to see guys bouncing around. I don't want to see women <laughs> twerk. And last year before COVID, I was on 44 paid shows independently. You can't name, I can't say you can't name because I don't know who you know, but very seldom you get a guy with no budget doing these type, getting booked at all these type of shows. Mm-hmm. 44 paid shows in less than a year. And COVID messed that up. Yeah. So just imagine, you know, where I would have been without COVID. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm about to push that even harder now. I got, I got, I've been saving. And I, I was always waiting on an investor, but. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't need to wait on an investor when you can do it yourself. So if it do blow up, I don't owe nobody. Real sad. I'm pocketing everything. Only people I owe, I owe are the people that owns the record. And you got a, a song coming out with uh, Young Jero? Yeah. It's called Fuck Em. And that was a, when I first did the record, I was just taking it to like DJs, servicing it. As I do any record I feel comfortable with. And um, they was like, yeah, it's a pretty cool record. And I heard, it's, it's kind of like an animated song, like a black youngster or the baby. I, I can't afford those people. But I had a relationship with Young Dro people and Young Dro official DJ was my college roommate. <laughs> so yeah, I was trying to get him to do, you know, you know, hook it up at the price, but I wasn't feeling the price. So I went and DM Young Dro myself and saved myself $1,500. Really? Yeah, and I, the DJ, I think he kinda, kinda upset about that because you can tell when it's bad energy or, or bad vibes, when you go around somebody that you never had bad energy or bad vibes with. And like, he would play my song when nobody's really in the club. But when it's, but when it's packed, he won't play my record. So I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Like, what I gotta pay you to play my record? Oh, you my homeboy, you know that homeboy stuff is out the door. Let me, what are, you, what are you charging me to pay my play my record? So if I can afford it, I can't, I'll give it to you. If not, then I'll keep it moving. But just don't, don't leave me, you know what I'm saying, hanging out the dry like that because you're making it seem like all of this about that you, I didn't go through you to get the feature. Yeah, that's weak right there. I'm not gonna say that, but that's, that's the vibe I, I was getting. About a couple of hundred dollars, that's what people in this game got the game totally messed up because you put money before relationships. And I understand that sometimes people get burnt out trying to have good relationships so they doing it for money, but relationships go a long way. Mm-hmm. And I've built so many relationships with people doing parties and stuff like that. Now when I go to these clubs, half of the clubs I go to in Atlanta, I walk right in. Or the DJ's playing my record, like, you gotta take no thumb dry and you gotta email them the record. No, DJ's not obligated to play my record, but I could be somewhere else and somebody from my hometown could be in a Magic City or Blue Flame. They're like, you in the club? I'm like, nah, listen, they playing your record. And that's definitely, you know, salute to the DJs because they made all that possible. Yeah. 
And you got a project on the way called The Parade? The Parade, yes. Yeah. Well, can you explain that title? The Parade. Okay, uh, my analogy with The Parade is, say like uh, these pro teams, once they win a Super Bowl or a championship, they go back home and do what? Have a parade. <laughs> but in order to win a championship, you got to wins, losses, blood, sweat, tears, practices. Uh, you got to go through a lot in order to win a championship. Nothing is just breezy. So I feel like I've defeated the devil. I defeated everybody that's been against me. I've took my wins and losses and I came out on top. So now, you know, instead of waiting till something bad happens, no, we finna celebrate me now. I won. So when this project drops, it's, it's time, it's a celebration. It's time for the parade. You know, through this journey, I've had a kid and that's extra motivation. I gotta leave him with something. You know, I don't wanna just be like, oh, I left my son with jewelry and shoes and oh your dad used to be this no my my son needs everything that i want and everything that i can't get my goal is to make sure he have it when i leave here so it's you know we trying to celebrate me now celebrate what i've done because where i'm from i think i'm somewhat of a legend it's not on no you know millionaire status but i'm somewhat of a legend so we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate me and the parade is it's, it's dope yeah. It's, like, it's like a roller coaster. You know, I got a song in there called Wins and Losses. Uh, I got the twerk song, Scrub. And nowadays, if you listen to most mixtapes or albums, people on there got 12, 15 songs talking about the same stuff, just on different <laughs> beats. Yes, so when I go somewhere and perform, I'm like, dang, I can't, I can't compete with that because I guess that's, that's what they want to hear. It was a independent label here in, in Atlanta. So I paid to do a consultation. Go to my Instagram, oh, you don't got enough followers, okay? You don't got the sound we want. That's fine. But y'all got over 20-something artists on your label, only two doing a lot of shows. So you mean to tell me, this year alone I'm over 400, I mean, 44 shows in and over 300 performances on this scrub record. You can't work with that. And I think, I'm not going to say no one's intimidated, but you got to look, once they see and hear how you talk and see they can't hit you, you know, get over on you, you know, they kind of shy away from that. Not saying that's the case, but I know what I got. I know I can make somebody some money. I'm making myself money independently. 44 shows paid. That's not including doing favors for DJs and just so, you know, I know they, oh, they, you spending my record, so guess what? I'm gonna come perform for you for free. They're just keeping my relationship there. I'm not even counting those shows, but 44 paid shows and 300, over 300 performances of that scrub the ground record. Like, it's not unheard of, but damn, this boy's grinding. Mm -hmm. Out my own pocket, nobody's giving me anything. And it was one trick I learned when I first moved here. When you asked me how's Atlanta treating me, I had to understand like, a lot of big boy shit going on around here. Like, I'm like, I had like $500 and my rent was due the following week. I got to promote this scrub record. So if I go to the strip club at night, I'm gonna spend $500 in one strip club because that's when everybody's in the strip club. I took $300 and went to the six strip clubs all before 9 p.m. <laughs> Wax, Babes, Blue Flame, Magic City, Peaches of Atlanta and Kamal's, it's Platinum 21 and when it was Kamal's, 
I built a relationship with all those DJs and pinups. $300, because you gotta go and you gotta think, day shift, there's nobody really in there, but a lot of executives being there eating. Mm-hmm. You get to build with the DJ. So I might go throw 50 here, just get a DJ some money, just test the record. And I would do that. And I took that chance and it worked. I'm not saying it's gonna work for everybody, but people were making these excuses, oh, I can't move around. And another analogy I like to you know, use is when you play basketball, the coach say move without the ball to create a play. So I'm moving without money to create opportunity. And that's exactly what I did. I ain't no getting booked by a stripper to perform at pinups last year. <laughs> really? Like, people go there to throw money. <clears throat> she actually paid me to come and perform. And that was, that was a good look. Okay. So all of this to me is just really like a, a blessing in telling me to keep going. Because as soon as I give up, I could be right there at it. So every day I wake up motivated, even if I'm having a bad day, even if it's raining, I'm still going to make sure I'm going to do some type of work to get myself out there. Yeah. You can't tell me no. You don't like the record, it's not going to work. That's your, that's your opinion. That's your problem. You know, that's, you know, that's on you. But guess what? It's people in my hometown, oh, he's still performing Scrub. Dude, I'm still getting booked to perform Scrub. So just because this song is a couple years old, three years old, four years old, I don't supposed to perform it? <laughs> no, you got, you got life messed up because guess what? As long as they say, hey, I'm going to send you this, this deposit. I'm on the way. I don't give a damn where it's at. I'm going. And um, a lot of people started recognizing, like, this guy ain't going to stop. I shot a video in Medellin, Colombia, at Pablo, in Pablo's neighborhood. So um, it was called Put a Name on it. it. The hate had got so bad, it was like, oh, he wasn't over there shooting a video. He, it was green screen. <laughs> Bro, you re- are you, how can I green screen Medellin, Colombia? And so uh, once I shot the video, that was like a couple of years ago, I see Cameron just shot a video over there like a year and a half ago. I see TMZ, oh, Cameron's over there in Medellin, Colombia, shooting a video in the rough parts of, I was in the same place with no, no damn security. Y'all only praising Cameron because it's Cameron. But look, you, I was over there with, just, with no entourage, just me and my people in Pablo's neighborhood, his helipad with the jails in there, was shooting a video. So it, that's why that's I think my only reason why I may need a, a big stamp or an investor or to get the extra push, the extra notoriety, and then you know more people would cling to me. Yeah. Feel that. All right. What can you tell us about the situation um, where you're beefing with a club owner as well? Well, um, what happened was when I came back from Augusta from started doing parties, I was if this if it was another club nearby, so I'll go put out flyers in the club. He was like, hey, you, got, you can't you gotta get, get out of here putting flyers out of my club, which I know that was disrespectful. So I would leave the club and just sit outside and put flyers on cars. So he was sending a security guard outside, hey, you need to leave from the sidewalk. You can't tell me to leave from the sidewalk. So stuff had, you know, b- their business had started to decline because everybody was started migrating to where I was at. So, um, my homeboy, he's a barber, and he saw me downtown one night. He was like, hey, you need to be careful because uh, old boy trying to get you hurt. Oh, okay. So two weeks later, I go back in the club. They, and I was coming in, they was like, you don't got no flyers on you, do you? I'm like, no, I ain't got no flyers. So I see one of my homeboys that just had got out of prison from like eight years. And he was like, uh, 
And I seen him over there talking to the owner of the venue. So he came over there and was like, hey, old boy don't know me, you know each other. Be careful though, you know, like, he ain't, he ain't real. But that guy he sent over there, you know, I guess they was supposed to allegedly do the hit or try to harm me, his brother was my best friend. We played little league football together. So he kept, he kept it all the way real because he could have did whatever for the money. But he told me, he was like, Holmes ain't who he's supposed to be. So, you know, just, just, just stay out of his way. And so, you know, I took, he did just last week. Other week, my homeboy told me he was trying to get me hurt. Then the person you tried to get hurt me, you didn't know we had a relationship. So he came and told me. <laughs> and later down the line, the person who he tried to get hurt me, Went on some, went on a spree and did some, some crazy stuff to some, you know, to some people. You know, I'm still cool with him. Like I even talked to him on the phone from prison. You know, and I and I still got utmost respect. We've always had utmost respect for each other. But for somebody to try to harm you because you slow down their money, I wasn't doing no hating stuff. I'm I'm trying to eat just like you're trying to eat. Get your get your promoters to get on their game because I was on mine. And and. People that know that, a lot of people don't know, but a lot of people do know that, you know. And I ended up going back years later doing business with the same person that supposed to did the hit or whatever, or get me hurt. But they always say, you can watch them, you know. I'm in your face now, so I know if anything go on. You know, I'm, all, I'm always on my P's and Q's, but guess what? I don't think you're that gangster, so I'm still gonna, I'm gonna do these parties with you, and I'm gonna get my bread. But I'm gonna watch you at the same time. I'm not coming to no, no events to kick with at your house. We're not friends. We we none of that. I'm linked up with my other people. We're gonna get this bread and go home. So and that's, that was it. But I was barred from a lot of it because they owned a couple of venues. I was barred from a couple of venues for a minute. Because they, they got a check and they got a couple of spots. Oh, Tony B, you can't mm you can't come in here. So that right there showed me how much power I had as an individual. Like, you barred me from your club? For what? Y'all got all this money. You want me hurt? Y'all got all this money? Just do more. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, doing more and doing better. And so I've been promoting now for a while, and if my name go on the flyer, nine times out of 10, it's gonna be a major event. Or some people's like, they'll hit me up, you, you doing this party? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not hosting this party. Or will I just go to the next one you hosting? Do you know how good it made me feel? So yeah, that's what it is. All right, Tony, any shout outs before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, man, shout out to the whole Athens, all the independent artists in Athens. Of course, you guys. Salute all of the DJs. Um, and that's it, man, stay blessed, man. More blessings, more life to everybody out here, man. Let's get it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.